What's up, Dewheads, and welcome back to the Do Rec to Video podcast. I am your host, the Cheese Man, joined as always by my co-host, Space Kook. Space Kook, welcome back. Episode two, how you feeling? Episode two, feeling pretty good. Um, excited to see the views and the listens on episode one. Yes, thank you for listening to episode one. We appreciate your downloads and some housekeeping here. We're gonna go. We're gonna be honest here, really quick. We are retiring Dewheads and replacing it with Scoob Heads. It was a really intense discussion we had, and we felt like Scoob Heads better encapsules what we think this podcast is all about as opposed to Dewheads. If you personally feel as though the Dewhead moniker fits you better... Yeah, uh, if you were really feeling it... Definitely send us an email. Um, we will Direct2vidpod at gmail.com is the email. And we will incorporate that feedback accordingly, um, but we think it's in the best interest of the podcast to switch over to Scoob. To move forward. Yeah, I agree. Progress is important. All right. Well, make sure you're following us out on Twitter at Direct2vidpod. Uh, right into our email, like I said, and we are going to jump right in. Episode two was Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. It came out in 1999, and my favorite part was that it was an hour and six minutes long. It was amazingly short, and I'm pumped about it. I have listened to podcasts about movies that are longer than that particular movie. I love how short this movie was. I that, like, when I When we pulled it up, and I'm like, there's no way this is only 76 minutes. They really did do a very good... 66 minutes. Yeah, good math. Yeah. They did a very good job of cramming in a tight storyline with... I was impressed. ...with twists uh, in an hour and six minutes. I, they really kept it moving like a good clip. I mean, do you know how long episodes of The Sopranos took just to get to one idea in an episode? The Scooby-Doo franchise was clearly better at telling stories. I've only seen... I've seen this... I've started The Sopranos many times, but I've seen him swim with the ducks. Yes. A ton. Yeah. I've seen him go to Maine like nine times. Uh-huh. That's really as far as I get. I was just trying to pick, like, prestige TV that is an hour, but, I mean, we could pick other shows if that yeah, might feel yeah, like I'm sure we, Sopranos and Scooby-Doo. They, this movie probably came out around the same time The Sopranos were airing. Yeah. 99? Yeah, 99. Something like that. My dad was probably watching The Sopranos and watching Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost with me. <laughs> as I'm sure he was. Yes. All right. What'd you think? Overall, what were your impressions? I liked this one a lot. I did, too. I wasn't paying attention on Tuesday. Because I just watched that movie not too long ago. I hadn't seen this movie in like 15 years and I forgot everything about it. It's really good. I, I liked it a lot. I remembered the plot and I remembered the twist. And it was enjoyable watching you be like, oh, wait a minute. Is this it? Is that all that's happening in this movie? And I was like, oh man. Because you know it's short. So I thought it was like pacing down. And then all of a sudden it just ramped right back up out of nowhere. Yeah, I think the movie does a pretty good job of lulling you to think it's just a run-of-the-mill Scooby-Doo mystery when they incorporate more interesting supernatural elements. I remember this VHS cover. And I remember sitting there, like literally five minutes ago when we were watching it, and I was sitting there and I'm like, well, where's the ghost in the VHS cover? It's weird they're ending it without showing that. And then all of a sudden there was like 19 minutes left and then the ghost came. Yes. Uh, I actually really enjoyed watching this movie as a child and I also really enjoyed watching it just now. Um, I would give this, what did we say our rating scale was? We're going out of zero out of five Scooby Snacks. I would give this a five out of five Scooby Snacks. I liked it better than Zombie Island, so I'm going to I'm gonna degrade Zombie Island down to three out of five Scooby Snacks. I gave it five out of That's five. Really low. I know, I'm going to give it three out of five. Okay. And I'm going to give this one a five out of five, because I like this one a lot more. All right. Yeah. No, I really like that too. Uh, my favorite part of this movie is that uh, one of my favorite all-time greatest voice actors of all time, because of how weird his voice sounds, Tim Curry is in this film. Home Alone 2 fame. Of many fames, uh, I believe he's in Star Wars The Clone Wars, shout out Dave Filoni, I'm pretty sure he's... Are we just going to not acknowledge Rocky Horror Picture Show? I think I, he's I probably not, most famous for. I will for. not acknowledge that, no, I don't know what that is. Uh, 
actually, the fun fact about Space Kook, uh, I was an extra in the Perks of Being a Wallflower when they filmed the Rocky Horror Picture Show scene. That's right. And also um, Dark Knight Rises. That's correct. Is that correct? Two Pittsburgh films. Good Shout for out you. Pittsburgh. Nice. The city's fans of the pod, I assume. The whole city of Pittsburgh? The whole city, The yeah. Pittsburgh Tourism Board, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Heinz Ketchup, not a sponsor. Certainly not. Would love to Heinz Ward, though, friend of the pod. Yeah, smiles at everything. That guy. All right. So you want to jump in? You want to you want to take take the reins here? Yeah, you did a good job last time explaining the plot. I took way less good notes this time because I was eating dinner. But yeah, we, what'd you have? I had some chicken. It was nice. very good. Oh yeah, it did look good. Yeah, it was good. It smelled good. Nice. Um, watching this movie, I had, I had yogurt. Nice. Not for, for dinner, dinner, but during this. Watching this movie while eating uh, was definitely more of an experience. Uh, you feel like you're at the movies? We can't go to the movies right now. True. Did you feel like that? No, and this was direct to vid, so we would definitely not been able to go to the movies. Very true. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So, this movie starts out uh, classically, as all Scooby-Doo movies do, with Mystery Inc. in the throes of another mystery. Uh, this one was at a museum. Um, not really anything that noteworthy about what was going on, other than the fact that they, the Mystery Inc., and the people who were committing these quote-unquote crimes were trespassing at the museum, which I guess is sort of a crime. True. I guess. No, wasn't it? It was after hours. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's trespassing. I don't know, but... So anyway, they catch these guys, and they... Uh, unmask them, and then all of a sudden Tim Curry walks out, and his character is clearly like a Stephen King ripoff. Yeah, guy. Ben Ravencroft. Ben Ravencroft is his name. He has a great goatee and a great ponytail, and he helped them catch the people at the museum. He tripped them. Yeah, yes. I mean, help is relative. Like he did, he did. Trip That's them, pretty much what Shaggy and Scooby do in every single episode. Sco- well, let's talk about that at the end. Scooby and Shaggy put in work. They did. To take I was impressed with them time. today. Um, no, this is like the contract season kind of thing, <laughs> where you just have to be on your best. It's like. We already made two of these, and they're not doing that well. We really got to up what Shaggy and Scooby are doing in this. And I will say that uh, Scooby and Shaggy and the rest of Mystery Inc. is, like, really excited to meet Ben because he's this famous author. He's yep. clearly supposed to be Stephen King. Yep. This movie really did make me question, though, are all people, all men over 30 with ponytails evil? Mm, that's a good question. It just feels like that's what the movie's main message was. It wanted us to know, like, these people are probably evil. Like, watch these guys. Can you give me another example? Uh, where a man with a ponytail turned out to be evil. I have one. Go ahead. John Goodman in Community. Nice. Well, that was that one episode arc, though, I feel like. But he was still an evil man with a ponytail. Was he evil or was he misunderstood? He was, I mean, the true air conditioner repairman will repair. The truest repairman. Shout out Jim Rash on Community. Jim Rash, please come on our podcast. Jim Rash, we would do anything to have you on this podcast. Anyway, to finish up what happens at this museum, this author is telling the gang about how there's this big Puritan celebration in his Massachusetts hometown, and he wants the gang to come back with him. Do we ever find out why Tim Curry, a.k.a. Ben Ravencroft, is at the museum? Let's definitely call him Ben Ravencroft for our listeners, yeah. um, why he's at the museum. Yeah, he's doing research on his book about... Oh, that's why he's there. Yeah. So everyone can just get in after hours. Well, so that's what I was there. saying. Like, is everyone trespassing, or is this just like an after-hours museum? There's also two security guards who do <laughs> after. It's a museum that's only open when it's closed. <laughs> Is I don't that know what that means. Maybe. All right. Well, there, I'd go. The other thing was weird was that they when they capture these two criminals who again un, unknown crime other than crush has no excuse me trespassing which everyone mm-hmm. was doing. One of those uh, criminals was the voice of Squidward. Really? I don't remember if he had any lines, but I looked it up afterwards. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There's a chase scene during that uh, where another great 90s musician was uh, responsible for making the Scooby-Doo opening theme. This was a good one. Um, this was a good one. There, He was a famous country singer. Um, would you like to take a guess without me giving you options? I literally have no idea who it is, so I'm, I'm going to need the options. Uh, the options are either A, sorry, I'm looking up people who are related to this artist on Spotify because I couldn't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, Daryl Singletary. B, Sammy Kershaw. Oh my God. C, Billy Ray Cyrus. It's not, it's not, it's not BRC. 
or D, Billy Dean? It's not BRC. Okay. It's not Billy Dean. Okay. What was the other one? Singletary? Yeah. All right. FAU had a good back name, Devin Singletary, a That's couple true. years ago. That's true. The other one was Kershaw? Yeah. Clinton Kershaw's bad in the playoffs, but this was early in the movie, uh -huh. so it's like early season Kershaw. Uh -huh. I'm going to go with the second person. It was actually Billy Ray Cyrus. No way. It was. was it really? It really was. I should have guessed that because there's no way I would have known yeah. anybody else. I was about to say, like, yeah, you kind of threw me a lob. You, threw, you, you threw me a lob there, and I completely messed um, up. Yeah, really? my, Billy my, Ray Cyrus. My favorite part of Old Town Road. Uh, because, sorry, Lil Nas X, but you are not a friend of the pod. Billy Ray Cyrus, friend of the pod. Wow, I can't believe that's Billy Ray Cyrus. It's Billy Ray Cyrus. Good for him. Yeah. That's a big, is that a bigger, who was it last time? Blink-182? Uh, no, yes. Was it? Or, was. was it Sum 41? No. It was one of those Sum 41 is because we watched American Pie oh. in, in Two Deep. Okay, well, it was one of those 90s bands. Do, I don't you think remember. that's a bigger get than Billy Ray Cyrus? I think BRC was In bigger. 1999, I'm yeah, guessing post, Billy Ray Cyrus. This is post Aggie Breaky but pre-Hannah Montana. I'm guessing Billy Ray Cyrus was still a bigger deal. Like, I bet my dad was watching this and was like, hey, holy crap, that's Billy Ray Cyrus. Have you heard Aggie Breaky Heart Part 2? I have not. It's not good. Have you ever heard any of the remixes to Old Town Road? Yeah, it's impossible not to. <laughs> Literally, I don't think it's possible. I would have to be trapped like a ghost in a haunted book for the past 400 nice. years. Hey, spoiler alert to, to our listeners. Anyway, uh, they get out uh, with Ben Ravencroft who is this famous author to this Massachusetts town. They there's drive like, across the country. Yeah, there's like apparently. an eight-minute driving scene. I love the animation in this movie. It looks like it's all like hand-drawn, and it looks a lot like watercolors. Yeah, it, it did feel a lot like a Thomas Kincaid photo as they were like, or photo, excuse me, painting, as they were driving through like rural Massachusetts. Yeah. I did kind of like I thought that. it was beautiful. I the, loved it. The setting is a good idea too, right? Like I don't think too many kids were exposed. I mean, as a young Pennsylvania native, I did not really get much exposure to Maine, so it was interesting to see like the northern states. You didn't go there, like, ever? Like, no. like a road trip up there? No. You're, well, you're the western side of the Keystone State. That's correct. I was the eastern side. So you went up, like, to Massachusetts as a kid? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. My dad liked it a lot. I saw lots of pictures of, like, Puritan stuff growing up, but you I just never watched really this movie. It. You'll get right. the same yeah, experience. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they get to, the, the town that they go to is called Oak Haven, Massachusetts. Is it um, based on Salem? Like, a hush-hush, like, this is Salem? I have to assume that the concept of... The entire concept is about witches, right? So yes, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot. I mean, of Salem. there's the witches' ghost. That's correct. I think there's a lot of Salem, uh, like association. Yeah, Salem, the town, not the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I've never seen Sabrina the Teenage. Are you Witch. serious? No, it's really good. Oh, check it out. They arrive, uh, and it's an, a tourist attraction now. Which obviously, as an author, this Stephen King knockoff Ben is like, wait a minute, that's... yeah, they made they like redid what the town looked like in like the 1600s which is like a pretty common tourist attractive yeah. move i would say so like that time you're turning your own butter you're looking at goats everyone has disposable cameras i i didn't think there were any goats there were like sheep i don't i think goats aren't really good farm what do you do with a goat i don't know i thought there was a goat i mean like you just i wasn't a farmer in six, 1600 farmers um reach out to us <laughs> let us know if you had goats on your farm i just don't know what purpose other than goat's milk what do goats serve as like a farming animal? i'm not a farmer i can't say I know. okay well it doesn't matter anyway yes the town has become a tourist attraction and everybody has disposable cameras which i want to talk about 1999 they look so cool disposable they're kind of making a comeback right now okay but i like seeing everybody just be like this is probably a horrible picture. We can't really tell. We're just going to take a picture. Yeah, anyway. I love not knowing that. that like, is, that, is, it, is, it, is, this is it not good? Is this picture good? Come back in two different weeks. Two weeks, yeah. And then you show up to the Walgreens photo and they're like, this will be ready Walgreens, in two hours. Walgreens, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, and the Walgreens photo, if you're interested, we would love to have you. So they get to this uh, like attraction. Ben's mad. He talks to the mayor, who's conveniently right in the middle of town, shaking everybody's hands. He has a politician. He is a really like 1940s newsroom voice. He does. It's like, hey, see? Yeah. Welcome to my town, see? He, 
I don't know if he says C, but he, he does but, sort of yeah. sound like a guy from the 1940s newsroom. Yeah. I agree with that. So we find out as they're talking about the town, Ben is really obsessed with this book. This book is a book from his ancestor, Sarah Ravencroft, who was, according to Ben and according to the mayor, who sort of like validates his story, Sarah was unjustly persecuted as a witch and put, I guess, put to death, which they definitely skim over. Yeah, like, now that you say it, we never really found out what happened to her. I, I mean, I think the uh, the idea that they want you to think is that she was killed like the rest of the witches in Salem. Yeah. And Velma even invokes Salem. She yeah. talks about it for a little bit. But Ben's all like, nah, 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 man. She was just into that natural stuff. She was a Wiccan. And so we find out that there's this difference, like, ideologically, witches are sort of bad and more on the evil side. Yeah. But Wiccans are more like healers mm-hmm. and they do stuff herbally. Anyway, like... He needs the sleepy to find... time tea bear, total Wiccan. Yeah, total Wiccan. Exactly. Now, like, I think we get to a point where he's just like, we need to find this big book where she wrote down all of her, like, herbal methods, and that book will, like, prove her innocence. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I don't know much about archaeology, but 400 years ago, there, no book, if it was buried in the ground, could possibly have been preserved for 400 years. Like, what does he think he's going to find with this book? I mean, maybe he knows it's, like, in, like, a chest or, like, a like a treasure chest or something like that. That could be. But you're glossing over somebody very important. When they first get to town, who they meet. Okay, who do they meet? They meet a guy selling them t-shirts that says, I survived the witch's ghost or whatever. The Well, like, right. The yeah. what's it called? Like, I saw and lived. Yes. And, like, that's what really, I think, makes Ben mad is that he sees, like, the shirt and it's like, that's my ancestor. You're, like, villainizing, villainizing her. Well, that's when we find out that there's a mystery going on. Yeah. And that, like, there is an actual witch that has supposedly been popping up around town and scaring people. Yes. Uh, it, it was a little weird to me that this guy, he's a pharmacist, but he also moonlights selling t-shirts. Um, is he I a guess, pharmacist? Yeah, that's why he has the white coat on. <laughs> Just a stupid joke? Or is he really a <laughs> No, he's really a pharmacist. <laughs> You're making this up. I swear. You do not know if this man was a pharmacist. He's a ph- Look it up! He's a pharmacist. I what swear. Am I gonna look, what am I going to look up? Scooby-Doo... And the witch's ghost of pharmacist, pharmacist question mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a, my God. I swear he's a pharmacist. All right, whatever. They eventually uh, are going to split up after, well, Scooby chases a, a mole. Oh, so let's talk about the fact in this moment is the first of many times in this movie and in the previous movie where somebody says, hey, you brought your dog. And Scooby says, me? A dog? Yeah. I, he doesn't know what he is. He has no idea. He has I kind of like that. No concept of what he is. I, I like that a lot. I don't. Why not? He's talk. Okay, he has to know he's not a person. Like he has to. He he lives with all these other people. Mm-hmm. He has to know he has like a tail. He walks on all fours. There's just no way he's a person. Okay. I so guess. what does he think he is? I I I still think he thinks he's a person. He's also always mad when someone accuses him of being a dog, and it's like, why? Like. What's wrong with being a dog? Or what do you think you are that's better than a dog? I still, I, I think he thinks he's a person. Anyway, I think you're sitting on this way too long. I just don't get it. And uh, it's also important because as a dog, he chases this like gopher mm-hmm. and he starts digging in the ground and he finds uh, like a piece of metal and Shaggy's like, oh, yo, that's like a dope shoe buckle. And he puts out, puts it on his kicks and he's like, I'll just walk around with this shoe buckle now. Only on one shoe. Yeah. He's missing the second shoe buckle. And you think if Kanye did that, Yeezys would sell better? If there was a buckle on yeah, them? Yeah, but just on one shoe. It's just a really inefficient way of putting your shoes on. You know, they have Velcro now. I feel like that's a better Yeah, way all the Velcro shoes, shoes you buy nowadays. Yeah, all my dress shoes are Velcro, baby. You better believe <laughs> it. So the gang splits up. Uh, all my dress shoes are Velcro. Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Ben Ravencroft go to Ben's giant mansion. But the mayor takes Scooby and Shaggy to this diner. They call it like the first restaurant in the U.S., which is like definitely not right. But we'll, we'll go with it. Think about how recent restaurants are. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, they walk over and as they're walking, Ben says, hey, 
put everything on my tab, tell Jack to put everything on like my tab, which is kind of cool. I'd yeah. love to live in a small town where I could just be like, yo, throw it on Nick's tab. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Space Kook's tab. Um, the facade <laughs> is up. People, oh, no. know, people know we're not actually. I've been unmasked. <laughs> um, they, so they go to the diner and they eat all, as much food as they can. Yep. It's like a big part of it. What do mm-hmm. you think about the food in this one? Did it look tasty? It did look really good. Do you remember how much, how good animated food used to look? Yeah, it looks so, it looks so good. Yeah. There's the po- always... the Pope Boy on Tuesday was great. That looked really good. Yeah. From last episode. Yeah, agreed. Um, this one, there was no like, there was like a turkey, there was like a drumstick. Yeah, there, there was a lot of corn in the Thanksgiving cob. Thanksgiving-ish yeah. food. I think, I guess it's supposed to be like a fall movie. I'm movie guessing. came out October 5th, yeah. 1999. Yeah, so I'm guessing they wanted to really capitalize on that fall nostalgia. So they're in this diner and they're eating and, and they eat to a point where this very overweight like diner owner is like, there's no way you could eat that much food. And they end up eating like all of his food and he's pretty upset about it. Yep. Classic Scooby-Doo. Yep. And while he's do while they're doing that, Ben is just like telling them about his ancestors or some kind of nonsense. He's continuing to try to prove that if we find this journal, then Sarah will be innocent and there's no way that this actual ghost that everyone is seeing is real. Okay. So Scooby and Shaggy leave the restaurant and as they're walking out, they get... They first run into three witch-like-looking women. The Hex Girls. Right. Well, we, we, don't, we don't know it then. Okay. Because first, after they see them, they run. No, and I know. Then they but see I'm the just, real I mean, but everyone everyone knows the Hex Girls. Oh, yeah. You better believe everyone knows the Hex Girls. I love the Hex Girls. I'm a big Hex Girls fan. Who is not a big Hex Girls fan? They were... We'll get to their music in a second, but they have two songs, and only one is good. As a reminder to our listeners who probably haven't seen a picture of the Hex Girls in a long time, there are three Hex Girls... The main one is the very attractive red one named Thorn. Um, you know her real name? Sally. Uh, oh, Sally. Yeah, yeah, they say it in the movie. Yeah. Um, so the Scooby and Chuggy run into them, but they don't realize they're the Hex Girls. They have no concept of what that is. Mm-hmm. They just think they're witches, so they mm-hmm. run away from them. And as they're running from them, they get attacked by this real witch, and she's like flying after them and shooting fireballs Yeah, shooting fireballs is insane. Yeah, it was. That was really scary. And they're running through town. There's just no people, which was a little weird. And we find... well. That gets explained away a little bit later. No, they don't really. Kind of. I guess. But there's still tourists there. Like, there should still be someone. Everyone left. Because remember... um, I guess they didn't see them that first Yeah, the the other people tried to look for the ghost and took her too long. So, like, we're going home and everyone's going That's, like, not really how ghost hunting works, though. Like, you you gotta wait a little bit. You can't just be like, oh, one night... I'm afraid of everything. I would never go ghost hunting. I would go witches ghost hunting. I'd go witches ghost hunting. If the hex rows are there, if I get a free concert, I'm all in. So they get chased by what they think is Sarah Ravencroft's ghost... Of course, as in all of these movies, they run into the rest of the gang who just happens to be rounding a blind corner. They are like, oh, what's going on? And they talk about how they saw those first three witches and then they saw that extra witch. Already, Velma's kind of suspicious because, like, there wasn't anybody walking around like you were saying. But also the fireballs clearly are some sort of, like, dusty powder. And the tree line is, like, totally shaved off all at the same angle, which is, like, dead giveaway. Why would they actually think it was a ghost at that point? Um... So that's a good point. I, I didn't really think that much of that. What do you like? If, if you saw all those trees shaved like that, mm-hmm. my initial reaction would definitely not be too many. Probably ghosts. I would say too many crows' nests. They have to cut them all off the trees. <laughs> it's exactly it's like what the it's problem like is. at school when they would do the noise control thing and just scare the crows away. Yeah. And campus and the town would get in like these battles to see who could scare the crows back and forth more. Yeah. That's pretty much what that felt like. Except the trees were all shaved off at like a perfect right angle. Okay, so my example doesn't work at all here. No, not I'm really. Fine. I'm fine with that. That's bad visual storytelling. All right. Anyway, 
So as they're like talking and the gang's all like, oh no, maybe it's really a real ghost. And like I said to you while we were watching the movie, like, does Scooby and Shaggy ever get tired that no one believes them? That must get so tiring. I don't think they care. They get they hang out with these people all the time and they never believe that they see what they say they see. Speaking of these people, Fred's outfit in this is insane. True. Fred's fit is sick. Fred's fit is fire. Daphne didn't change from the last movie, which is kind of disappointing. Did she not? No, she was wearing the same thing last movie. Mm. Fred's Fred, jacket's awesome. Yeah, Fred, I want Fred's jacket and the light wash jeans, bro. Yeah, Fred really Fred Fred killed Fall. I'll say it. Yeah, Fred. Oh, dude. Yeah, he did. He he really knew what to wear. Hashtag Fall of Fred, twenty twenty twenty. The Fall of Fred. Um, tell your friends and so tell your friends while they're talking. Yeah, that's good. That was pretty good. Thank you. Tell your friends um, while they're talking. Tell, tell a Fred to tell a Fred. <laughs> while they're talking, they see these lights off in the distance, and they're like, "What could that be? Maybe it's witch related." So they walk over, and who do they see but... Oh, the Hex Girls. Yes. They're doing their, uh, like, a dress rehearsal kind of thing. They're doing, like, a... It seems like a sound check, but then they're mad at the gang for watching them in the middle of their sound check. Like, why are you here? Yeah. It's like, well, because you're loud, dude. And like, there's no like, one else in town. Like, of yeah. course we're hanging out at the Hex Girls concert. They see the Hex Girls, they meet them. The Hex Girls already seem kind of suspicious because they keep saying that they're, like, eco... What do they call themselves? Oh, eco-something. Eco-goth, I think. Eco-goth, yeah, that yeah. was it. And... It was like, it was weird because the gang is like, oh, well, like, did you have anything to do with this witch? And they're like, not really, but we love witches because we're like eco-goth. And so the gang is automatically very suspicious of them. Um, then they split up again. But Fred is this time, after watching the Hex Girls' performance, in love with one of the Hex Girls mm-hmm. and says, Sally. Sally, AKA yes. Who I'm in love what's with. Name with. What's Thorn. her name? Thorn. 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 I almost said Blade, but that's... Um, That'd be cooler, actually. That's um, Wesley Snipes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a new casting. Yeah, Mersali. Yes. So the gang splits up again. This time, Fred and Daphne are going to stay and follow the Hex Girls around. Um, Daphne, Velma and Ben and Scooby and Shaggy are going to go investigate where the witch that attacked them on the previous day, or I'm sorry, on the couple minutes ago, just came from. So they split up. They do that thing. Um, we find out that that... Yeah, wait a minute. This timeline makes no sense. Why? Because this movie takes place over two days. No, it doesn't. It's one night. Well, I mean, if you count the time in the museum. Well, they get there. Yeah, they that's find in the, the morning. They find the boot buckle. Morning. They get haunted at night. Yeah, that night. Oh, that so whole thing happens that night. The whole thing happens yeah. in one night? One night. Oh, my God. All right. Like Lil Yachty said, one night. Oh, my God. All right. So Ben, Velma are off. Well, okay. Ben, Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy. They all but Scooby and Shaggy go to follow the mayor. Well, oh, yeah, that's later. Yeah, they, they, get, they branch out. Yeah, they get to a point where the mayor, who they think is sort of already acting a little suspicious anyway, um, is going into this, like, barn. And so, mm-hmm. as he walks into the barn, uh, he walks out, and Velma's like, well... Grand someone... opening, grand closing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Velma's like, someone has to go follow them, and Scooby and Shaggy, not really wanting to be left alone, are like, we'll go follow the mayor, I guess. Yeah, he got him a seat at a table at a diner. True. So, about ten minutes of this movie are just, like, these three things. If any diner wants to sponsor us, by the way... We, we love we'll, diners. We would gladly or take... Or mayors, it. actually. If any mayors are listening, we'd take a mayor sponsor as well. <laughs> Likely take a mayor's yeah, yeah, mayors, mayors of any city. Also, if anyone would like to be the mayor of our podcast, we're taking applications. There's really only two people who get to vote, and if the swing vote, it comes down to our third roommate. Yeah. So if you'd like to be the mayor, please apply. Um, so all three storylines are happening simultaneously. The hex girl storyline: Thorn leaves the rest of the two girls, goes back home to her shed. In her shed, she's doing like what looks like some sort of weird witch-like thing. She's like pouring herbs into something, mm-hmm. and. She's got candles in the wooden shed, which, as you said, seems very dangerous. Yeah, but you couldn't have that many open candles in a wooden shed. No. You should have a wooden shed In the shed wind, all, it's really. fine. Like, why have a wood shed? Like, why not you just... You missed my candles in the wind joke. Um, no. Why that... have a wooden shed? I have a wooden shed at home. 
Really? Yeah, it's where you store like a lawnmower. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't question the need for a shed. It's just they have a different material to make that out of. You don't need to make it out of logs anymore. I'll bring it up with the person who built the shed 20 years ago. Okay. Shout out Lincoln Logs, though. Those are my favorite shows. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs. Please sponsor the pod if you're interested. Um, so, as that's Yeah, so she's doing potion stuff. Yeah. Whatever. And the mayor is going around town dropping off suspicious looking packages at various businesses, mm-hmm. including the hardware store. and Which is like open at 10.30 p.m. Well, it's very weird. There's no sense of time in this movie. Like, as you were saying, it seems like the, this movie is taking place over the course of a bunch of days. I know. For a movie that's 66 minutes long, it, it keeps you moving. Yeah, man. it does. It really does. And the barn that they break into ben and velma there's like a cherry picker in there mm-hmm. so again it's very clear that there's something happening that this witch isn't really real yeah um <laughs> there's no cherries in new england <laughs> you picking <laughs> so scooby and shaggy like follow Check the mayor. Me, villains they, they follow mayor into a secondary warehouse where they are again attacked by the witch you don't want to get to a secondary location with a witch your game over or a mayor that's a I john mulaney reference no i know i know what it's right. from i was just trying to finish it um and so they follow the mayor into there, but the witch attacks them. They run out of the, the, the warehouse, mm-hmm. and they make a Scooby and Shaggy-sized hole in this wooden wall, which was... That's a good gag. I guess. That's a classic. I mean, you just can't run into a wall like that, though. What if that wall hadn't given out? They would have killed themselves that way. But they probably would have just fallen backwards. I guess. And the witch would have gone. You know how rotted that wood is? It's in New England. It's you ever outside. think about all these Scooby-Doo villains chase the gang? Yeah. What would they do if they actually caught them? Like, because they're not really ghosts. Or what would they do if, like, the villains just ran away? Well, the villains do sometimes run away. Yeah, that's what you should do. These are five, maybe teenagers, maybe 35-year-olds. Yeah, I still don't know the age on this one. Still have no idea how old no anybody is. No age identification. No, what I'm saying is, like, the, 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 the ghost chases them, yeah. right? But if the ghost catches them, are they, is he going to kill them? Like, what's the plan? We never see what would happen if the ghost actually catches up to the gang. There's all these chases, but we don't actually know what the payoff would be. Can I just say... That's the biggest mystery of them all. It is, actually. Uh, I have no answer. I have no idea. Hanna-Barbera, please write in and explain what would happen if a ghost ever caught this the gang. Or people named Hannah or Barbara. We would take it. My grandma's name, Barbara. Tell her to write in. Maybe she will. All right. Um, so, anyway, they go, and they come back together, and they meet up, and Scooby and Shaggy are like, we saw the ghost again. Velma's like, well, I got a plan, of course, but it has mm-hmm. to involve the Hex Girls. Mm-hmm. So now, As it should. Well, yeah, I mean, they're the best part of this movie for sure. Oh my god, it's not close. So they get everybody together and... Tell you what, they're top two characters, and tell you what, it ain't two. It, it's one. Yeah. They're the number it, one Exactly, character. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so they give they create this diversion where the Hex Girls are like playing instruments again, and the witch attacks, and Velma like runs and pretends to fall down, and she does like a help I fall in and I can't get up reference, which that I feel was, like... I feel like that came before Life Alert. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that Life Alert commercial existed before then. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like a reference. And then while she's doing that, they swing a tree branch back and they hit the witch. Mm-hmm. And the witch falls down and... Falls they, to a soccer goal. Yeah, they like... It had a weird Shout out Christian Polizic, not a sponsor, but a big friend of the podcast. We yeah. love you, Captain America, and a fellow Pennsylvania native. Nice. Nice. Good shout out. Um, so they take off the witch's mask and they find that it was, in fact, a cherry picker that was helping her fly. They were like... They, it, wait, wait. The, the witch's... The witch was the t-shirt guy. Right. Yeah. The person behind the mask was the t-shirt guy, mm-hmm. but the witch was obviously perpetrated by lots of the townspeople to increase the tourism. Yeah. Which that's is a like, good, that's a good plan. Yeah, no. I approve of this town. Definitely not evil, by no. the way. Let's talk it's about good, that. It's a good scheme. I don't even call, call it, I call it a good business model. Other than Ben and Ben's ancestor being had like dragged through the mud, quote unquote, to be able to like create this witch persona. Yeah. I agree that that was like a pretty victimless crime for yeah. lack of a better I term. Yeah, I concur. 
they made it happen by like the cherry picker with an extension that helped her fly. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Scooby and Shaggy, like, how do you not see the extension? Like, it's a it's a rod. It's nighttime. Oh, got a lot of text. Sorry, I'm very popular. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it is nighttime, so I kind of excuse that. And when, okay. if you're seeing a ghost, I'm not like, Yo, is that a wire behind her right now? Check. I'm running away from the ghost first. Okay. Well, again, we wouldn't know what happens even if they did get caught by the ghost. True. But then they were making the fireballs happen with a mix of like chemicals that we find out because after they unmask him, he's actually, uh, what's her name? Sally. Sally. Dad. Sally, a.k.a. Thorn. And he's a pharmacist, but Sally. I need you to, I don't think he's, he's a pharmacist. He's a pharmacist, I promise you. And uh, they find out that the way he was making fireballs was using the same kind of, like, stage special effects that she uses whenever she's on stage for her concerts. Um, so now... Because he's her father. No, not the other side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Her, he's her father. So now they go back to uh, Ben's house, and they're like, okay, we got everything. Ben's still pretty upset that they dragged Sarah's name through the mud to create this witch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, like, kind of happy, I guess, that they figured everything out. Yep. He's still sad about the book. Like, really wants to find this book. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, as you should, reading is fundamental. That's true. Yeah. Pod listeners, please read, read mm-hmm. more. Books, not a sponsor. Any library wants to sponsor us, we'd be glad to help it. Absolutely. I mean, you can rent all these at your local library, so I would encourage that. Oh, yeah, you probably could rent these at yeah. your local library. If you're interested in watching them after we spoil the entire plot for you. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you can kind of watch with it being spoiled. I guess that's true. The movie's also only an hour and six minutes long. You've got that kind of yeah, time. Yeah, everybody has that kind of time right now. Uh, so they go back and they talk about like where Scooby found that belt buckle earlier because Velma notices in this weird painting that he has, he has like a very weird affinity for a long lost ancestor. Yeah, it is kind of weird. You wouldn't put that kind of painting up in your own home, I don't think. No. I don't know, it was a little weird. It looked like the um, painting of uh, Pierce's dad in Community. It did. Yeah, it It reminded me of that. But in the painting... Yes and old? In the painting, she's got that book and on the book, there's like a clasp on it. And so Velma's like, hey, wait a minute. That shoe buckle that Shaggy has on is not a shoe buckle. It's actually this clasp for this book. Sorry, Shaggy. We're taking your drip away. Yeah, so they actually ask Shaggy to like give them back the thing and tell Scooby, hey, can you show us where this is? Mm-hmm. So Scooby goes back to that same place he fought that that no or uh, gopher at, which, thank God that gopher happened so the plot could be continued or True. I don't know what would have happened. Good point. Um, and again, Scooby's a dog. Let's talk about that. So they go back and... <laughs> Do you want to talk about the big twist once they find the spell book when Scooby digs out the chest? I think you can go for it because I'm I'm still trying to process it. This was the mo- it was pretty entertaining watching you like realize that this is what was going. Again, on. I even, I remember having this movie on VHS and I remember watching it. I just do not remember any part of the plot. Like I don't remember anything. It must be it, like I remembered. I wish I hadn't remembered that because that is like a very exciting spoiler. Yeah, it was great, and I, I honestly thought the movie was ending. I'm like, well, this is a really like not satisfying way to end this movie. Like, where's, like, the big finale? Like, I'm like, are the Hex Girls gonna play a concert for ten minutes? And that's how we're gonna finish? I would gladly watch yeah, that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. This is a family-friendly podcast, but... Who was your first uh, concert? Uh, Post Malone this year. I'd never been to a concert before that. Really? Yeah. I think I saw the Baja Men at Music Fest, like, circa 2002. Wow. I've seen Aaron Carter, I think, the same Aaron, thing with my oh, sister. Aaron. But the first concert I went to was, like, a person who could think things was Billy Joel. Nice. When I was 21. Not Billy Ray Cyrus. Not Billy Ray Cyrus. Would have loved to have him on. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, if you're out there, please listen. Yeah, friend of the podcast, Billy Ray Cyrus. Friend <laughs> of the podcast, Billy Ray. Not Miley, certainly not. But Billy Ray, if you're interested. Um, Which one's in Metro Station? Billy Ray Cyrus is in Metro Station? One of the, one of his kids, like one of Miley's brothers is in Metro Station. What? Yeah. I didn't know Miley had brothers, let alone a brother that was in Metro Station. Yeah. Oh. Shout out Shake It. 
Metro Station, if you want to give us Shake It uh, the rights to it to have it be our outro song, we are more than happy to take it. So within the confines of this new book that they find, they take it out and everyone's like, hey, there's a skull on that. That's a, like a spooky looking book. True. For who's supposed to be a healer. Like Sarah's supposed to be this like well-loving woman. And Ben's like, no, I'm trying to do my Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry says he's from Massachusetts in this entire movie, but he has a British accent for a lot of it. Yeah, well, he does say he spends time in Europe. Yeah, all right, yeah, that is true. But I don't really think that can excuse away a Boston accent yeah. for a British one. Oh, can you imagine how gross like a part Boston, part British accent would be? You couldn't understand be? that person. <laughs> no that would way. not be discernible. Oh, my God. Um, but so then Ben like does this big twist. That, that's Barstool's worst nightmare and biggest dream. <laughs> Ben are still not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Ben reveals that Sarah was actually a witch and she had evil and terrible magic, but the Wiccans were able to imprison her using a nature-based power within the spell book. That's why he was trying to find it for so long. So he wanted this mystery, and we find out the entire twist is that he actually like concocted the first mystery at the museum. So he could meet them. So he could meet Mystery Inc. Which, by the way, let's talk about the fact that this man had enough money to pay off all these different people, but not to just, like, hire an excavation team. Or, or hire somebody for a better haircut. Oh, damn. Got him. Was, Got him. That, was, that hurt. I was coming out. I thought of that right away. Sorry, Stephen King and Ben in this movie for having ponytails at one point in their life. True. And John Goodman. And John Goodman, yes. So, Ben is, like, going on his evil monologue about how it's cool that she was evil and all-powerful, and now he's going to be all-powerful because he has this spell book. And he starts reading stuff out of there, and he has the uh, the witch blood coursing through his veins. Right. They do make a big they make a big deal about how you need to be like related to the witch blood or the Wiccan blood in order to ma- be magic, which is good because I would have hated this movie to have ended with Scooby like reading a magic spell. That would yeah. have been stupid. That's true. But he can read because he's a person, not he's, a dog. Regardless, Ben starts like zapping people because he's got this new magic witch power, and the gang is like trying to run away. Yeah, he looks like Green Lantern. Yeah, well, also, the, when he got the powers, like, the animation style made him look, like, very anime-esque. And yeah. I, I, it reminded me of, like, my Pokemon days. Yeah. I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. I, I absolutely adore the animation in this. I thought, overall, like, it's that It's the most serious scene, I'm ever going to be talking about this, is how beautiful I think this movie looks. It that, looks so good. That scene, like, right when he turns to being, like, evil, like, he's been evil the whole time, but yeah. when you see that he's been evil... It looks like Dragon Ball It looks Z. really good. Yeah, yeah it looks it, great. It looks like a battle scene in, like, your favorite anime. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And so Ben is like zapping them with magic and everyone's sort of confused. They're like, Ben, what do you want? And he's like, well, I want to unleash Sarah Ravencroft back onto the world, which mm-hmm. is really... Because he wants to rule it with her together. Which is like just so weird. Do you yeah. have a relative that you, if you were given all of this power, he's like zapping things. So he's clearly got enough power that he could probably just rule the world on By his himself. Own. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be like, oh, wait, I can't do this without my long lost relative. I, I got to do, I think I got to do 23 and me before that. Not a sponsor. I think I'd have to do that to find out if there's anyone cool I'm related to. But you wouldn't, I mean, it's not going to give you, like, your list of genetic relatives. It would just tell you what you are. Genetically. Just sort through the files. Okay. Let's see. I guess you're all powerful and I was a witch, so you yeah. could, let's could see, do Let's that. see who comes from, like, the general Czech Republic, Hungarian, Austria, there might be Croatia good, area. Yes. Yeah, probably somebody good from there. Well, one of my favorite parts is when Ben talks about how the witch blood running through his veins makes him, and there's, like, a dramatic pause... A warlock. That is really funny. Which is one of my all-time favorite lines. I remembered that specifically. That's yeah. He Tim Curry like had a ton of fun in this. You can absolutely. Tell. Oh my god, yeah. He loves saying like shaggy, like the way Sh- he, shaggy. Like it was, it was weird hearing Tim Curry now after all the things I have seen him in since that. Yeah, like, kid, like, like Home Alone too. I remember. Yeah, true. But as a kid, before I knew who Tim Curry was, I remember thinking that that voice was like very spooky. 
That Home Alone 2 joke is not funny to anybody but me, but I think that's so funny. Tim Curry of Home Alone 2 fame. I'm sure that's what Mr. Curry would probably love to be remembered for. Oh my god. It's not a funny joke, but I think it's great. Ben eventually does bring Sarah Ravencroft back, who, like you were saying, is the ghost on the cover art of the VHS. The witch's ghost. Correct. Correct. Well, so it's a little unclear to me if she's a ghost or if she's physically there mm-hmm. because they interact with her as if she is physical. Like they throw things on her and stuff like that. So I think she is physically there. I'm, I'm not really sure she's a ghost, but that could be, I don't know. I feel like she's entered into the mortal world now. So she has like some ghostly powers, but like the physical entity, she's there. Yeah. So she comes back and Clearly I've thought a lot about this. And she's more powerful than Ben is, obviously, because she's been a witch for longer and she's been imprisoned in this book for like 400 years, they keep saying. Yeah. Um, they, she does talk... It's a long time. Yeah. Well, Not as long as Genie, and Genie wasn't the jerk in Aladdin. True. It goes to show you. Yeah. You can't teach away evil. Okay, yeah. I was wondering what it goes to show me, but I'm glad you clarified that one for me. So they... She does speak like she's from like Puritan times. Which, which I, I like. Actually, I, I did like, like, I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And she gets out of the book, and Ben is like, I'm your ancestor, Ben, and this is... I'm your descendant. Yeah, you're right. That would make more sense. And he says, like, we're, you're in modern times. Which, by the way, like, how would she know when modern times were? Like, She's like, all right, two weeks? Yeah, like, what, what year would make it modern? And she looks around, and since they built up this town to be, like, a reenacted Puritan area, she thinks she's back in the same place that she was when she That died. is funny. Yeah. I, I, that was pretty funny. She had some sense that she had been imprisoned for a while, though. I yeah. guess if you've been imprisoned in a book you probably realize how long you've been in prison that's for. true but depends how good the book is easy to get lost in reading again kids support your libraries reading is fundamental that's so true but ben is like well we want to rule the world together and she's like i don't want to rule with you yeah i like how he thought she would go for it yeah like, you know she's an evil witch like i don't know who ben is like why would i care and it was funny because she's like no and then she just imprisons him in a, a classic green lantern like ball of green energy. yeah shout out the green la- green lantern bubble and she's like well now I'm going to rule the world by myself. Not even rule it. She's going to destroy it. Because she's mad at the world for imprisoning her. Uh, I didn't really get the sense she was going to, like... Like, you thought she was going to, like, destroy the whole world? She looked like she was going to. I guess she was zapping a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, classic fight scene against the big bad villain ensues. Mm-hmm. Um, the witch does stuff that was, like, kind of fun. Uh, she, like, turns pumpkins alive. and they. I remember the that. That was, like, a really deep memory. Where I'm like, okay, I do vaguely remember that. Like the pumpkins turning yeah, into the pum- things. Yeah, the pumpkins come yeah, alive. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't remember the giant turkey. She makes a giant turkey. She zaps a lot of animals, and they're all fall-themed, which yeah. was good yeah. thematically for her. She zaps, zaps a tree. Yeah. Um, and so the gang is, like, trying to figure out what to do because they realize that they can't use the book because none of them are Wicca, and that's the only way you could imprison her. But as everyone's running away, Thorn, who's still there as part of the Hex Girls, is like, well, I'm 116th Wicca, and so... Like, Velma gets her to, like, read this passage and, I guess, imprisons the witch because the and witch team. Because yeah. the wicked cancels out the witch. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, like, imprisons both witches that are present in that in that conversation. Thank mm-hmm. God none of the other people had witches in their family that True. they didn't realize or they would have been imprisoned as well. Good point. So, this, like, award-winning author, like, it's very clearly established that Ben is very famous, mm-hmm. just gets sucked up into this book. That and, Ben burns. And, like, they'll never get him out. Yeah. So, like, what... I don't think Ben deserved that. Bad guy Ben. I bet you Tim Curry asked for that. I bet, like, yeah, he seems like one of those guys who would be like, you really gotta kill off... I can't do it a Tim Curry. Yeah, that was bad. You gotta kill off my character. Yeah. That's probably what he was saying. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so she gets imprisoned in the book. Um, the mayor's pissed because the whole town has, like, burned down. 
the like the village has. Yeah, the tourism's gone. But ahead of the big fall concert. But he finds out he's like, we need something to draw all the tourists in, and the one thing that didn't get changed that the witch did was turn the turkey into a giant turkey. Mm-hmm. So they now have this giant turkey on display, which like it's a pretty big turkey. So I guess it would probably attract a big crowd. turkey. Would you? When I went to New England a long time ago, I went with my parents, obviously, because I was a child, um, and we saw a really giant horse. And I remember, like, it's something my dad was really about, because my dad's tall, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and the horse is, like, bigger than him. And I remember, like, as a kid, I'm like, why do I care about this horse? But everyone else seemed really into it. People love giant things. True. Like giant balls of yarn, mm-hmm. giant whatever. I guess that is, like, a kind of big tourist attraction. Yeah. And, obviously, the Hex Girls are also performing to, like, headline this fall concert. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, like, very okay. I like how they're a local band. They say that. Yeah. I yeah. like that a lot. Uh, everyone is, like, very, in my opinion, too okay with how Ben, this person that they were hanging out with for this entire movie, has just suddenly been sucked up into a book. Like, I feel on... like after you see him, though, try to, like, take over the world with a ghost spirit of an ancestor, I feel like everything else just goes out the window. You think? I mean, probably. I don't know. I would be pretty... I would be pretty worried if you got sucked up into a book. I mean, what if I tried to take over, like, the north side of Chicago right now with an ancestor, and then I went into a book? I would... I, yeah, I guess... I wouldn't I, get again, on stage. I don't, I don't feel like Ben deserved to be sucked into the book. I wouldn't get on stage with my favorite local band after, like, a, a day after that happened. Which, where did they sleep? We don't find out, like, where they stay overnight for True. the next night. But, uh, anyway, the Hex Girls get back on stage. This is the next day. The next day, and they sing a song about the giant earth yeah i hated that song. it was a horrible it was not nearly song. as good as hex girls no hex i like I, I like the hex girls first song was like our name is the hex girls let's just write a whole song about it it bangs i'll say it like, like when I, billy joel just wrote a whole song about it, his name was billy joel yeah hey i mean musicians if you're out there if you need inspiration you could write about your name true hex girls did it um and they say that they're the hex girls in that song at least 20 times yeah they really they really beat they really beat that into you that they, they are the hex girls that's good branding I yeah, like I it. guess that is good branding. We should do that. We should just keep mentioning our own names. Maybe that will help boost the brand. This is the direct to video podcast. Excuse us. This is the direct to video podcast. And that's how the movie ends. The gang's on stage singing this song about loving the earth, and Scooby gets in front of the camera and says, Scooby-Doo. Yep. Fred plays the guitar. Uh, Scooby plays the bongo. Yeah. <laughs> he has like a weird bongo shout solo. Out the, shout out this goth punk band having a spare bongo lying around. But Daphne's playing the tambourine pretty mm-hmm. uselessly. She, she didn't do much this movie. No, no. Neither does Fred, actually. No, I feel Fred, like it's Fred, more of a Fred, Velma. Fred's just here for the drip. It's a, it's a Velma-centric movie. Well, last, sure. last movie was very Daphne and Fred-focused. I guess that's true. Yeah. You want to balance out how much character development you're giving all of your different characters. Yeah. It's, it's unclear to me, too, did the last movie happen in this movie? I think so. But, like, there's definitely no mention of things that occurred in the previous one. I guess. That's why it's like a little weird to me when they go from mystery to mystery that they never acknowledge the other mysteries. All we know is that they have solved other mysteries in the past. That's fair. So I'm, yeah. sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll have that question answered later on. We have a lot of movies to get through. That's true. I'm sure there will be some. There have to be some callbacks eventually, yeah. right? You would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the movie. I liked it. I did too. I liked it all. Like I, I said, really did. Like I said, five out of five Scooby Snacks. I think overall as well. One of my favorite things about this movie is that, like you were saying, the plot moves so fast. Oh my god, it's great. And so it's, I think, it, dude, 60, this podcast is probably going to be longer than this movie was. And, so we're going to probably wrap it up here soon, but yeah. we'll give our final thoughts. But like, I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say it enough, I would say. I think it's like on, uh, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it is like the most popular direct-to-video Scooby Really? Movie. Over Cyberchase? I believe so. Wow. Like, huh. popular, like, critically acclaimed. Okay, I believe that. I, um, I just have two thoughts um, that I just want to give here real quick. 
Uh, throughout the movie, it's very clearly fall, but no leaves on the ground. There were a couple scenes where leaves were like blowing through on the ground. They have a really good like rig guy. Like they probably do. I mean, they, they gotta pay somebody really well to make sure there's no leaves on the ground ever. Thought that was interesting. Okay. And there was also a store in the uh, rebuilt town that just said candle. Is there only one candle you can buy there? Is there only one scent of candle you can buy there? Are there multiple candles? Once that one sells out, are you done? These are very important. It's just candle. Uh, my observations from this movie uh, are mostly political. In that <laughs> the mayor, so the mayor is like organizing this big witch facade, right? Does he like talk about that when he campaigns next time he needs to be elected? Oh, that's a good, I mean, this is a small town. If I was running against him, I would be like, do you really want this person who was a criminal? And yes, he boosted tourism, but he did it in a not right well, was way. Was it a crime? Uh, we always got to come back to that. Well, what the, crime do Kenton? All right. I think the townspeople did not commit any crimes. No, nobody committed a crime. It's not a crime. I, I don't think ghosts can commit crimes. I mean, she committed crimes in, in life. That's why the Wiccans... Yeah, but, like, but that's not, she wasn't alive for this movie. You're right. Okay. I don't I'll think ghosts can commit crimes. I'll give it to you. No. I don't think there were any crimes that happened in this movie. Uh, the only crime that I could honestly see is like the property damage that the gang causes by like trying to take down the witch. That's true. Like, yeah. Who pays for all of that? You know, and all the super the Sokovia Accords are always mm. talking about all the property damage. I feel like the Mystery Inc. ends up damaging a lot more property. That's a good point. Um, yeah, no, I, I probably a Kickstarter. I really do wonder, like, when the mayor runs for re-election, is that like a thing he puts in his campaign ads, like more ghosts? <laughs> is that his platform? I mean, ghosts can't commit crimes. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. If I was his opponent, I would be running that thing in the ground. I would be like, this man literally organized a fake ghost campaign, and you all bought into this. I don't know. It just, it just seemed weird to me. All right. That's fair. That's yeah. a fair point. That was the only real major thought that I had. I feel like we covered everything else. All right. That was a good episode. It was. I like that. Good movie. That was a very good movie. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will be back with you on Tuesday, a.k.a. scooby Doo's Day. Where we have the third movie here, which is Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. That's true. I remember being the most afraid of this one because I, full full disclosure here, my biggest fear in the world is aliens. Really? I straight up, I never want to know if there are aliens. I have so many problems in my life enough right now. Like it's a pandemic and there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. I don't need aliens to be part of the equation. Okay. I, I never want to know if there are aliens. Um, I still maintain that the scariest... Scooby-Doo villain is the Cyber Chase ghost, but the alien that's, that's ones... That's two from now. That's next week. That's next Thursday. But the alien ones are also pretty scary. I remember the masks being, like, especially weird looking. On the aliens? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember the aliens freaking me out. I remember a tractor beam, and that's it. I remember being very excited about Scooby and Shaggy having a, like, love interest. I remember thinking, like, that thank happened? God. Yeah, don't you remember that? I, I do not remember any part of it. I guess my much. Scooby-Doo recall is better. Yeah, this than is yours. impressive. Yeah, no, there's a love interest in the upcoming one for Scooby and Shaggy. There's nice. a dog and a human. So Scooby must know he's a dog. Uh! <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Make sure you're following us out on Twitter. So right now I just tweet a bunch of nonsense whenever I feel like it, but I'll try to be pretty more uh, regular about it. Um, make sure to write into our email. We're directtovidpod at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts, your takes. If you want to sponsor us or become a friend of the pod, literally anybody can, except for people we've deemed not friends of the pod, which I think is just Jeff Bezos at this point. Uh, Barstool. We said Barstool. Oh, yeah, and Barstool. So, sorry, Barstool and Jeff Bezos, you're not allowed. But thank you again for listening. 
For my co-host, the Space Kook, I am the Cheese Man. Take care, everyone. Wait, if you do know anyone who happens to look like the Hex Girl, specifically Thorn, please uh, send me an email or a tweet. Thank you very much.